this in God. And so I just pray um, as we go into the message that um, we would just be attentive and just know that you are God and that um, we might find something here today, Lord. So I just thank you for this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jonah, Jonah, you must preach against Nineveh. Nah, I won't. Uh, Jonah, you have to go. I said nah. How much to take me to a faraway land? It depends. Every land has its price. This one, three silver pieces. This is all I have. Two silver pieces. JHM perspective of Jonah, which is super ridiculous and crazy, which I was laughing so hard the entire time. Who was in that video? Was anybody in here that was in it? No, not in this room? Okay, cool. Maybe they're at the next one. I was just curious. Um, but anyway, I um, am excited to teach you today. It's going to be so great. I haven't been up here since camp, which has been so fun. Well, after camp. But anyway, um, question for you guys. Has anybody ever heard anything ridiculous from anybody um, whether it was something that they told you to do, or whether it's something that they said, or it's something that they, it was like their idea, and you're like, that is so crazy, I would never do that. Has anybody been there? Okay, there's been a few people. Okay, me too. And here's a couple of things somebody said to me. Um, somebody said, have you under, ever wondered, like, why you can't taste your tongue? <laughs> I'm like, uh... Who's ever thought about that, and why are they asking me this? This is super weird, uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, someone someone had this great idea, because, you know, you can't use your phones while you're driving, right? And so you have to have these hands-free phones. Well, someone had this awesome idea that looked like this. 
that you should tie a rubber band around your head with a piece of tape to talk to someone in your car while you're driving. I'm sorry, but I would never do that. If someone was to see me driving around with a rubber band on my head and my phone taped to my ear, that would be really embarrassing. I'm sorry, but I would never do that. Um, Something else that someone said is said, uh, my imaginary friend thinks you have some serious problems. And I'm like, uh, imaginary friend, you sound like a whack job, right? Like, who has an imaginary friend if you're not four, right? It's super weird. Um, and then there was also um, this guy who had this idea um, that he would walk around with a, uh, a desktop turned laptop. So he built this so he could actually walk around portably with his desktop. So it could be like a laptop. I'm sorry, but who would ever do that? Question? You would, just to be crazy and ridiculous? Um, I don't know, but if you're like a grown adult like that guy, I'm sorry, everyone would think you were kind of a loser. Let's be real. Um, and then someone said to me, this is actually my cousin, she's like, she's very like, knows, you know, what, what the deal is all the time. So she's like, well, you know what, that's just the way it is. And so she'll always say that, and I was like, okay, whatever you think, it sounds good. But she said, I never apologize, and that's just the way I am. And I was like, uh, okay, great. Well, it sounds like you'll never get anywhere in life, but okay, great. Like, that's super weird. I don't know. Kind of ridiculous. If you never apologize to anybody, you're never going to get anywhere. I'm sorry. People just aren't going to like you. And then um, there was another picture. This guy couldn't find a hat, um, and so he decided to use a pizza box as a hat during a uh, soccer game, it looks like. So would anybody ever do that? Question? Okay, you guys would do crazy, ridiculous things. I like that about you guys. I like that about you guys. But I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be the one that's like that at a soccer game. The same reason that I would never go dressed up to like a hockey game or something like that. That would just be super weird because people always wear their duck shirts and their stuff. They don't wear dresses and heels to hockey. Okay? By the way, it starts in like a month. It's the best. So, um, hockey fans get stoked. But what I wanted to say is that we all have these moments. We have these moments where it's like, oh my gosh, I would never do that thing. I would never go there. That makes me really uncomfortable. Or that thing that someone's asking me to do is like social suicide. Like, that's going to be very embarrassing. I would never do that. We have lines that we won't cross, right? Um, and whether it's due to humiliation, whether it's due to embarrassment, or whether it's due to fear, like we're afraid of things, right? Is anyone afraid of heights? Yeah, okay. Has anyone been asked to cliff jump before? I did it once, and it was really scary, and I hit the bottom. So don't do it. I will not, never do it ever again, ever again. Um, super dumb idea. But anyway, there's lines that we won't cross. Like, I will never go tr- cliff jumping again. So, but... Here's the deal. As followers of Jesus, God um, will ask us to cross our lines. He will ask us to do things that will cross our lines. As followers of Jesus, God will ask us to do things that will cross our lines. So right now, if you guys don't have a paper, a Bible, and a pen, go grab one because this is a great note to take. And I promise there are going to be great notes today. So so grab that because it's going to be really awesome. Um, God will ask us to do things that will cross our lines. And he'll do things that, he'll ask us to do things maybe that sound ridiculous sometimes. Like, I don't know if you've ever prayed to God and God told you something and you're like, why would I ever do that? That sounds really weird. Like, but okay. 
Um, so basically, God will ask us to do things that sound crazy or that might cross our lines, some things that we don't want to do. And so it might seem a little uncomfortable and embarrassing to us. Um, so with this series in Jonah that we're starting, um, we're going to go through jo Jonah's story. And there was something that Jonah wasn't willing to do, right? And so God spoke to Jonah in uh, Jonah chapter 1. We're going to turn there. Everybody turn there in the red Bibles. It's page 902. It's the best. Jonah 1. We're going to read 1 through 3, okay? Okay, I'm not going to read it yet. Just I'm going to wait. So when you say, when you have it, say, got it. Okay, that's like 10 people. Girls? Girls, you got it? Oh, the boys have it. Okay, great. So this is Jonah 1, 1 through 3. It says this. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Anamitai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He, brought, he bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Okay, so what happened? Jonah was asked to do something by God. And God says, go this way. And Jonah's like, nope, going this way. And he walks this way. He gets on this boat and he tries to go as far away as possible, right? Because he wants to run away from God. So... What the heck? Why Jonah is an Israelite prophet, okay? So here's the deal. Israelite prophets were people that heard messages from God, and they would go, and they would tell people what those messages are. So that was something that Jonah did for his work. Like, he wasn't something that was out of the ordinary. That wasn't something that was weird. Like, he would hear from God, and he would go, and he would tell the people what God wanted them to know, right? And so why is Jonah running away? Like, God just told him to do something, and he's running. Like, this is so weird. Why is this something that crosses Jonah's line? Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of history. So obviously Jonah's an Israelite prophet. Um, and when Jonah heard that God wanted to go to the place of Nineveh, that was where Jonah drew the line. He was like, no way. I will go to every single town in Israel that you want me to go to because he's an Israelite, right? Um, and Nineveh is not one of them. Nineveh is actually the capital of Assyria, which is the enemy of Israel at this time. And so they were actually, they actually hated each other. So Nineveh, the Assyrians, and Israel hated each other. So Jonah's like, God, why do you want me to go to this town where all these people hate me and tell them your message? They actually deserve your wrath. They actually deserve to be like blown up and whatever, because they're doing all these wicked things. They lie, they steal, they cheat, and they're super violent. Why would I go there? And so Jonah is like, they don't deserve God's mercy. They don't deserve a second chance. And so Jonah made up his mind that that's what Nineveh deserved. And so because Jonah wasn't willing to go, he ran away. So what we're going to find in the rest, next rest of the story is that disobedience, when we choose to not do what God says, um, like, deliberately, it's painful. Um, disobedience is painful is the next note. Disobedience is painful. And so it affects us. It's something that we, when we do something wrong intentionally, we carry it around because it's like we know that we did something wrong. There's, like, that guilt there, you know what I mean? Like, when you stole something or you lied to someone or you were mean to somebody, it's like, it's just sitting there because you know you're not supposed to do that, right? And so Jonah's carrying this 
this choice around with him. And so he knew that he was, he knew it. And so he's trying to still escape by running away on the boat. And he was actually going to sleep on the boat, okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit of a different perspective of this story. Um, it actually comes from a, the first VeggieTales movie I've ever seen. And it's Jonah. It's so good. So we're going to watch this clip. So pay attention. It's the best. Learn things. My name is Khalil. I am a caterpillar. Well, that is only half true. My mother was a caterpillar. My father was a worm. But I am okay with that now. Khalil? Khalil. You've got to get your gut into it. I bet you are wondering why I am here. Ah, uh, you tidy up around the ship. No, I do not work on this ship. I am a small business operator, a traveling salesman. I sell Persian rugs door to door. See? Oh, lovely. By the way, do you know where this ship is going? Yes, to Tarshish. Tarshish? Oh, what a trip! You know, that may be just what I need. The Persian rug business has not been going very well around here. But I still have a positive mental attitude because of my motivational tapes. You are a skilled metal worker. I am a skilled metal worker. Ah, I did not know that. Yes, well, that's lovely, Carlisle. But if you don't mind, I think I'll just get some rest. Jonah? Huh? You are Jonah. You know me? Of course I do. You are the most famous prophet in the whole world. Well, I don't know if I'd say. I sell your licensed merchandise. Look, look, look. I have the Jonah rugs, the Jonah plush toy, with sound chip. A message from the Lord. A message from the Lord. Well, I'm flattered. You are huge. You are a celebrity. Well, from I... town to town, delivering God's messages. What a life. You are a big shot. Oh, no. It's a man God can count on to deliver his messages. Yes. Well. You and God are like peas in a pod, like two humps on a camel. You always swear the same way. <laughs> oh, that is a good one. You know, humor runs very deep in my family. My uncle was a big star back at the comedy club in Nineveh. The Taj Mahal. 
standing room only. And then he was hit with a fish. I'm telling you, those people do not know right from wrong. Oh, Nineveh. Hmm? You are sad now, my friend? Something about Nineveh makes you feel sad inside? I don't really want to talk about it. I just need some rest. Oh, you do not have to tell me. Oh, good, because I already know. You do? Oh, yes. There is a woman in Nineveh, is there not? A beautiful young asparagus. She is waiting there for you, no? Um, no. You were promised to be married, but your job is now in the way. The woman's father is the head of an international ring of camel thieves. This very day, you set sail for Tarshish to deliver a message that will break the back of the camel thieves, but in the process will break the heart of the woman you love. <laughs> Insight runs very deep in my family. Do not worry, the first one is free. Please, Carlisle, I just need to get some rest. It's Khalil, but you can call me Carlisle if you want to. When we get to Tarshish, you can deliver the message, and I'll sell the plush toys. We can be a team. A message from the Lord. Uh. Well, sweet dreams, traveling buddy. We can make our plans to save those camels tomorrow. So good. I love Veggie Tales. But guys, if you notice, Jonah was uncomfortable the entire scene of this movie. Um, so he knew that he was doing something wrong. Right when he went down into the ship, he's like, what have I done? And then he thinks he's going to get caught by this little caterpillar guy. And he's just thinking about it. And the guy's there. And it's like, oh, my gosh, what the heck? So we can run away all we want. This all goes to show that we, when we can run away all we want. Um, but when we're doing something against God, we carry it around with us until we're willing to face up to it. Um, so despite disobedience, though, God still pursues us, right? Um, despite disobedience, God still pursues us. That's the next note. Um, so with that, obviously, God will remind us what we're doing through others, through storms, through hardships, things that might be going wrong in your life. You're like, I've been trying to do this, and then this keeps happening, but I don't know why. Or um, others will show up, like that little caterpillar showed up for Jonah. He's like reminding him. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, I get that I'm running away. Quit reminding me. This is so ridiculous. Da da da. da. Um, but God wants to get our attention, and so despite our disobedience, God still pursues us. And for Jonah, in this story, God came. In a literal powerful storm on the ship and through the sailors. So what was happening after he goes to the bottom of the ship and he's sleeping is this storm happens. It breaks out and it's like the worst storm in the world and the sailors are freaking out. They're tossing over the, t the cargo on the ship because they're like, we need to make it lighter because we got to survive this storm. And this is insane. And what the heck is going on? And so essentially they realize that it's not the cargo. It's not getting better. And so they're like, it's somebody else. It's somebody that is doing something wrong that's causing the storm to happen. So they go down to the, the lower deck, and they wake Jonah up, and they say, Jonah, what the heck? You need to get up. There's this crazy storm. Why are you sleeping? Da, 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 da. And so they bring him up on the top of the deck, and then they realize that they need to figure out why this storm is happening. And so they do this thing called casting lots. Does anybody know what that is? Casting lots. You've heard of it. Do you know what it is? 
You do? Tell us. It's where you throw sticks. Yes, okay. So what would happen, because they didn't have the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament or, um, or part of the New Testament. So basically the Holy Spirit comes in the book of Acts. And so without the Holy Spirit, people are like, how do we determine what God's will is? Because right now we have the Holy Spirit so we can ask God and God can tell us or show us. And so they didn't really necessarily know what God's will was all the time. So they did this thing called casting lots, which means that they either throwed sticks or um, stones with markings on them to kind of determine what God's will was. So we're going to do kind of an example. This is not casting lots, but it's an example of it. So essentially they would do it in a closed area, closed space. And they would put a line down or something like this. And they would basically bring people up, everyone who was involved, to figure out what the heck the deal was. So I need six people to line up right here. And we're going to throw your Sharpie at the line, whoever gets the closest wins, basically. Um, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick you in the back, you over there. Um, pick you. And uh, two more, two more, two more, two more. I am going to pick, I think I picked you last time. I'm going to pick, pick you. And I'm going to pick a girl who is awesome. Who's the... Blue on the beanbag. Yeah, you. Come over here. Yeah, you. 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 The one you're pointing at yourself. Come here. Okay. Great. So, I need everyone to line up in a line, like right here, and we're going to all throw our Sharpies at the line, okay, at the same time. So, so move over. There you go. Get close. Get close. This is good. We're family here. Okay. There you go. Okay. So now, what I want all of you guys to do, you all have different color sharpies. You're red, you're black, you're green, you're brown, you're blue, and you're yellow. So this means that you can't cheat. That's why there's markings on these things. So what you're going to do on the count of three is you're going to throw it at the line. Whoever gets the closest, that's the goal. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Okay, now here's the deal. Whoever is the furthest from the line is the one who is running away from God in this story, okay? So it's not you. It's not you, like, literally. But it looks like blue is the one. Who's blue? Okay, blue, you're Jonah. Come on up here. Thank you for playing everybody else. Come sit down. So they basically figured out in the story that it was Jonah who was disobeying God. And they said, hey, who are you? Why is this storm happening? What is your nationality? What do you do for your line of work? They're asking him all these questions. And because Jonah was being interrogated, basically he was like, okay, you caught me. This is the deal. So um, we're going to go to the next verse and see what happened. You can stay here. You can stay here. Um, Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it, they groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop this storm, right? So Jonah says this. Would you like to read it? Sure. Okay. Read it really loud. Okay. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this storm is all my fault. Awesome. Thank you. You can go sit down now. Um, so basically, Jonah's confronted, and he was basically forced to repent, to realize, like, okay, you caught me. I get it. It's all my fault. 
And so the, the real um, hard thing about this is that when we're caught or we're forced to say something, usually it's kind of like, okay, you caught me, I get it. It's easier to admit the things that we're doing that are wrong. Um, but when, when we can slide under the radar, when it's like, okay, maybe I can get away with this, it's a little easier to not admit it, right? And so I kind of had this problem when I was growing up. I um, broke a lot of things. So, like, things in the house and things I thought my mom was always like, be careful with stuff because we want it to last for a long time and all this stuff. And so, you get it. Sometimes you're, you're doing the microwave or the oven or the knob's not, and the knob's not working or something, and you're just trying to be like, I just want to cook mac and cheese, okay? And it's, like, ridiculous. And so, essentially, I would get frustrated, and so I'd, like, force things, and then I would break them, and I'd be like, shoot. I did what my mom told me not to do, and I'd just break things all the time. So then what I would do was I would just kind of put it back to make it look like everything was okay. And then hopefully the next person that touched it would do something, and they'd, they'd think they broke it, which is pretty terrible. So that's what I did. <laughs> and so whatever reason, for whatever reason, my mom would always catch us. She'd be like, okay, the knob on the stove is broken. One of you did it. It was you or your sister. Da 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 da. And she'd be, I'd be like, oh, jeez. I was like, okay, okay, it was me. It was me. I just didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to slide under the radar. And so jo- Jonah would do the same thing. Jonah's doing the same thing. And so he admitted it right when he realized that it was his fault. Um, so what we realize in this is that disobedience affects other people. So write that down. Disobedience affects other people. Um, and so not only does it affect us, but it affects the people that, that we're around when we're disobedient. So in Jonah's case, the sailors were put in danger. He caused a great storm to come on the ship, and they were freaking out, and they were in danger for their lives. They didn't know if they were going to live or not because of the storm. And for me, in my case, I put my mom out. I affected my mom by breaking her stuff. Um, and so that was really tough. And so I was like, oh, gosh. Because I didn't obey what she had said, being gentle with her things, I broke them. And so it affected her in the long run. And so God will use situations like these to get our attention. And unfortunately, sometimes it takes more things to get our attention, right? So we're going to read the last verse of Jonah chapter 1. And we're going to figure out how this ends. So this is Jonah 1.17. So read it with me. It says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to fall- swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Oh, my gosh, seriously, this is how the chapter ends, is he admits what he did was wrong, and then he just has to be swallowed by this fish? Are you kidding me? Like, what the heck? So why, why did God do that? What does that mean? Um, why does the first chapter end like this? And I was kind of thinking about it and praying about it, and I'm realizing the reason why it ended like this is because even though Jonah said sorry, Um, the condition of Jonah's heart wasn't changed. And God needed Jonah's heart to change to be compassionate for the people of Nineveh, to be able to do what he asked him to do. And Jonah's heart wasn't changed. And so God needed to get him to a place where his heart could be changed. And God wants that for us too. And so the big idea for today, so write it in your big box on your notes, this is going to be really good, um, is... That God will do everything to get your attention when you run away from him. God will do everything to get your attention when you run away from him. And what I love about this is that God is not a God who forgets about us. God is not a God who's like, 
you know what, you screwed up, so who cares? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you. He doesn't say bye, right? Um, but God's like, hey, I want you. I want you back with me. I want you to realize all these things that I have for you. And he will pursue you, and he will do everything he can to get our attention, whether it's through hardships, whether it's through storms, whether it's through anything to get our hearts back to him. And so that's what we're going to end with today. Um, and so right now we're going to end with just a little bit of a response time. So what I want everybody to do, so close their eyes, and I have a couple of questions for you to just think about um, in light of this. So close your eyes. First question is, what might God be doing in your life to get your attention right now? What might God be doing in your life to get your attention right now? What are the things that cross your line that you run away from? Is it reconciling a friendship? Associating yourself as a Christian at school? Admitting your faults? Hanging out or even talking with that person at school? person no one likes for no good reason, forgiving others, what are the things that cross your line that you run away from? Why are you running? Is it fear? Is it nervousness? Is it hurt? Maybe something happened, someone hurt you or something hurt you. Is it anxiety, pride, hate, possible embarrassment or humiliation? Why are you running? God, I thank you for each and every single student in this room today. Uh, Lord, you made them and you have gifted them and you have uh, given them a purpose, Lord. So I ask and pray, God that you would show up for them in a mighty way. Lord, I pray that you would um, just reveal to them where it is that their hearts need to be changed, where their hearts need to be turned toward you. Um, God, that they would experience you in new ways, in ways that are good, even though it might be a little scary sometimes, Lord. So I just ask and pray, God, that you would meet every single student where they're at right now, Lord, whether it's um, through fear, Lord. I pray, God, that you would break through that fear. I pray, God, that you would break through the anxiety and the nervousness and um, the pride and the hate that we all carry around with us towards certain people and certain things, Lord. I pray, God, that you would give us a heart um, to see you. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would meet us in our hurt. God, I know um, that we are hurt sometimes because of the things that happen to us, um, the people that hurt us, um, and the things that happen in our lives, Lord. And I know that um, this last weekend we lost someone very dear to us in this room named Josh Long. So Lord, I, um, I want to just give this to you. I want to um, just set aside a moment of silence to remember him. hearts are heavy um, and we remember Josh and we 
we know what an inspiration and what a um, joy he was to um, JHM and just to everyone in this room, Lord. I um, am excited for um, just all that you will do through his story, Lord. I pray, God, that his story would not be forgotten, um, Lord, that he would be remembered and that he would be seen as um, someone who did life and faith well. God, he's amazing. And Lord, I pray that you would comfort his family. I pray, God, that you would comfort every single person in this room right now, God, that's hurting because of this, Lord. Um, And I pray, God, that we would just, um, instead of running from you, God, that we would run to you because you have comfort, you have love, you have um, just everything that we need. Um, So Lord, I ask and pray, God, that we would run to you instead of from you. God, thank you so much for every single student in this room. Lord, I ask and pray just a blessing over them this week as they go to school. In your name we pray, amen. Um, guys, we're going to respond with one more song in worship. Um, you go first. You guys all stand as we sing. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith would stand. So I would call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul would rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you. 